Hello and welcome to the Double Double. My name is David Dixon and it's Sunday, March 14th here in New York City. Hope everyone is doing well, staying safe and healthy as we continue to confront the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, coming up today on the podcast is a really, really fun conversation I had earlier uh, this evening with my friend, former boss, former coach, uh, Dave Brown. Uh, he runs Basketball Stars, head coach of the Dwight School here in New York City. He was on the podcast over the summer. Really, really fun uh, conversation uh, over the summer. Great to have him back this year uh, in 2021 to break down the bracket. The bracket reveal is always one of my favorite uh, days in the sports calendar. Uh, so much hope, so much optimism for all 60 uh, eight teams involved in the process, and you really do feel like any team can make the final four. And so, uh, really, really fun talking to him. We break it, we break down the regions, uh, some upset specials, a couple teams to watch, and before we give our final four and national uh, championship predictions. So, uh, hope you guys enjoy it, listening to it as much as we had fun uh, talking about it. So, I'll hit the music and we come back. It's my conversation from earlier today with Dave Brown. All right, joining me now, one year delayed from his scheduled. You know, we had scheduled this out last year. He was going to come on, break down the bracket. Obviously, last year, things got in the way. This year, the bracket was released about two hours ago, East Coast time. It's my former coach, boss, mentor, and I like to say current friend now, Dave Brown. Dave, how's it going? Brackets this time of year. Davey Brackets, I love it. Yes. So we had scheduled, we had, we had talked about getting you on the podcast. We worked it out. You're going to come on last year, do a big bracket feature. You love college basketball. You watch tons and tons of games. Obviously, pandemic got in the way last year. No We had you on over the summer. It was great. One of our best podcast episodes. And Thank we knew we had, to, we had to get you back on, but we had to get you back on in a big spot, a big moment, and there is no bigger moment in the basketball season than the bracket reveal and not even really like the tournament itself, but the four days of people filling out the bracket and entering bracket pools and talking about brackets. Yeah, it feels like that time for all those fantasy football players. Yep. The last preseason game lead up to opening night, it's really better than the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Like the Final Four is the, uh, you know, coronation of a champion. But that first Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday this year, if you didn't know, it's not being played Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Is the actual like week one of the NFL season. It's really for the fans. So I'm ready to buckle up. And so, you know, just. Just the housekeeping before, obviously, the torrent this year, we're still in the pandemic. It's different. They're doing it all in one site in Indianapolis. Uh, every team that is playing is doing, they're basically creating a bubble there. Uh, but teams may have positive cases developed. We saw this this past week in the conference tournament. Duke, Virginia, Kansas, all had were very prominent programs, had positive COVID cases. They had to drop out of their conference tournament. 
As of right now, Virginia and Kansas are in the bracket. Duke did not make it, which we will talk about a little bit later. But we are going to assume that uh, if they're in the bracket, they will play. And so, well, and so the crazy thing, yeah. The first thing to at least consider about this whole operation, as excited we are about this uh, NCAA tournament, the NBA was able to create a bubble. Yep. The NCA isn't able to create anything. They always <laughs> struggle and seem to screw everything they do up. Yeah. I mean, I would not be surprised if there was some catastrophic like outbreak in the hotel that the NCAA completely like just did the opposite of the NBA and overlooked something blatantly obvious. Well, and like all elite eight teams have been exposed or something. Yeah, it's we are. If there's an organization that has more rules that no one understands or really how to enforce them all, it's it's the NCAA and nothing really making sense. So we're just going to assume that if you're if you're in the bracket, they will play. But if you listen to this on Monday night or Tuesday morning, you know who knows? Eight teams could be different, and Louisville could could be in, or any of the teams that that are being replaced now because the Dan. Dan Gavitt, uh, or Dave Gavitt, who is running this whole bubble thing, he's already said that if any player posts on social media uh, a picture of them without masks on with their teammates, you know, out in public, in like the bubble, that you could get like removed from the tournament. Like it, it's, it seems crazy that they're going to try to do this, but it seemed crazy that the NBA would would try as well. Yeah, I mean, hey, let's give a shot. What else do we got to lose? Exactly. So, exactly. So, and hopefully they'll be as crafty as the NFL and like perform all the tests mm-hmm. after the games of the first weekend. So yeah. it's like, oh, we have a positive test. Everybody going to quarantine. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting for sure. Stay, you know, if 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 you have Twitter notifications, this is the one to, to turn it on for all the great college hoops reporters out there because they'll break all the scoops. Because while the COVID and the pandemic and the bubble speaking just purely on the court action. This is shaping up to be a really, really good tournament because we have one seeds like Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, Illinois, who have been exceptional all season. Really, really good. We have some Cinderella type teams. Speaking of Georgetown, coach Patrick Ewing leads them to a surprise big East championship which was just fantastic to watch. And oh, yeah. and then you have, you know, Georgia Tech surprisingly wins the ACC. Oregon State surprisingly wins wins the Pac Pac-12. Drexel's in it, you know, they're 16. They, they you know, they they get to go play Illinois now. Don't forget about my Colgate Red Raiders. 14 Second seed. Second of the nation in scoring. 14 seed, yep. So there's, there's your upset special a little tease. So so we have we th- we have a lot to talk about, but this is shaping up to be a really great tournament. It's not crazy top heavy, but there's good teams and good storylines all the way around. So, so we're just going to start, just generally speaking, the bracket is, is is out. This is the first time Duke and Kentucky have not made the tournament, have not been one of the teams selected. This is the first time since 1976. It's pretty wow. amazing. I mean, I've watched Kentucky play all year, mm-hmm. 
and uh, you know, just disappointing, disappointing, disappointing. You know, I, I don't know if they liked shooting. I don't know what it was. You know, Calipari's won me over big time over the years as a coach. Mm-hmm. The team just never clicked sometimes. Yeah. You know, maybe it was, you know, the restrictions on his ability to impact the team in the corona time or not. But, um, you know, they didn't click. And, I mean, you know teams like Duke need every single practice to just yeah. get better as the year goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, but they actually look to be, like, uh, I thought a really good team as I started watching my basketball late January. Mm-hmm. Just that, that one loss to North Carolina was a bit puzzling. I didn't see the game, but yeah, that was kind of a reality check. Like, this team is not so great. Yeah. But, uh, Very up and down. We'll and 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 you made a fair point. We a, a lot of the best teams in the country this past year were veteran heavy teams. You have Gonzaga, Baylor, veteran heavy, Illinois, uh, Iowa schools, schools like that. Where, as you said, you don't have all the team of seven freshmen of your top nine, where every practice is so insanely valuable to get them better and better because you have Duke and Kentucky who has gone, both of them have gone all in on the one-and-done movement. Yeah. And you've seen, uh, you know, some young coaches rising pretty quick yep. as well, for whatever reason. So we're going to start in the West region now. West region, so Gonzaga is the one seed. They will face off against the winner of Norfolk State and Appalachian State. Personally, myself, I would have liked to see Appalachian State matched up against Michigan for a rematch of the football, oh, football upset, which I think would have been, which would have been fun. Uh, would have been a fun little storyline to get out of a potential one sixteen matchup. But just looking at the West region, what sticks out to you the most, Dave? I mean, well, first off, Gonzaga looks to be one of the most complete teams I've ever seen play yeah. in college basketball. But, you know, they're not in a, you know, there's, you know, as much as I'm a mid-major type guy come tournament time, you know, go watch like Oklahoma State play, you know, the gauntlet of the Big 12. Like, I don't think Gonzaga's yeah. looking that good if they're playing against like Baylor and West Virginia and Texas Tech, <laughs> like yeah. three games in five nights. Sure. Um, I think that this um, region happens to be the weakest of them all. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big Iowa guy. You know, yeah. I love Garza. Yep. But, Garza. you know, as a two seed, uh, you know, he's one of the best, best closers. They're great down the stretch of games. But, you know, I don't know that they're good enough to get all the way down there until like a two, three-point game with three, four minutes left against some of the better teams in college basketball mm-hmm. where they can just ride guards and get points or fouls on every possession down the stretch. Um, I think the most underrated team in college basketball might once again be this Virginia Cavaliers team. I just Interesting. Every time I watch them play, they have size. They have that that big fellow in the middle who seems to block jump shots. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they don't give up a ton of re- offensive rebounds. They execute, you know, their experience. It seems like a team that just knows how to win. Right. Um, 
I haven't had the opportunity to see VCU play. I've seen Oregon play. Not super impressed. I mean, Kansas was a complete disaster. I watched Tennessee just destroy them. But, yeah. you know, certain things obviously have changed there. Yeah. Um, this Creighton thing was an absolute joke to lay an egg in a championship of a Big East tournament having never won one. And, um, and, and and also, just just for context, in case anyone didn't watch the game, at one point in that game, Georgetown, who was, I believe, the eight seed in the Big East tournament, uh, was below 500 coming into the coming into that week. At one point, was on a 46 to eight run against Creighton. That's like a yeah, Patrick Mahomes quit. special. Yeah, they just. I mean, and Georgetown started off the game couldn't make a basket. It was like yeah. six to one, like six minutes into the game. Um, it was. You know, bizarre to see. You know, I'm a big Ewing guy, so that was mm. a special day for me personally. Yep. Cheering him on, especially on the heels of the nonsense at the Garden. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think the West region is clearly the weakest region out there. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you see, uh, you know, that Gonzaga-Virginia winner. Mm-hmm. What's really interesting... In 16. Yeah. What, what's really interesting to me about this bracket, or, or, or this uh, region of the bracket is, and I'm surprised that the NCA selection committee did this, is that Gonzaga has already played Iowa, they've already played Kansas, and they've already played Virginia this year. So all the top four seats have already matched up, and Gonzaga has beaten all of them pretty handily. In the first game of the season, in the first game of the season, Gonzaga beat Kansas 102 to 90. Uh, they went. And they beat Iowa in a neutral site game in South Dakota. Gonzaga won ninety nine to eighty eight. They just blasted Virginia ninety eight to seventy five. Uh, it's it's it was interesting to me to see that Gonzaga is matched yeah. up with teams that they've already played against and not just played before, but beat pretty handily. Yes, I mean they always do some funky stuff. Like you know, mm-hmm. uh, I remember like Rick Pitino playing against Louisville, or you know, yeah. Or Manhattan, you know, when Bassiello was his assistant. You know, it seems like they almost get a kick out of that that type of stuff. But, um, but uh, Oklahoma-Missouri game, those teams seem like, you know, pretty solid teams that were maybe the second or third best in the conference that just got ranked seventh or eighth. Yep. That might be a heck of a lot better. Yeah. Than their uh, seed. So out of all those like two, three, fours that I would suggest, or not the four seed, but the two, three, five in the West, mm-hmm. they get a little strength there in the eight and nine seed that uh, they do might make things interesting for Gonzaga. And you know, everybody's always waiting for them to crack. Ever since the Adam Morrison, you see. Yeah, everyone, you're 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 right. It's people don't want to really believe that Gonzaga is as good as their seeding says or their ranking but for anyone who hasn't seen Gonzaga this year this is and I know we see this frequently when they're a high seed but this actually is the best Gonzaga team coming into the tournament uh, that I think we have ever seen even better than the team that lost in the national championship game to North Carolina in 2017 because they have a top five lottery pick in Jalen Suggs, stud point guard. They have a 
great wing play in Corey Kispert and Nemhart, the transfer from Florida. They have good big play in Timmy. They have a lot of depth. They they play so fast. They score. Their defense is better. Like to beat Gonzaga, you basically have to score eighty points. And they're oh, just yeah. and they just there just aren't that many teams in the country that can score eighty points guaranteed against a team as good as Gonzaga is because because they kind of play like an NBA style because it's you know you you watch college basketball compared compared to the NBA and. When, when when the ball goes in in college, if, if a team gives a point, there's way more coaches who do some type of body language type reaction to the ball going in, some type of freak out, right? Hands go up, cover their face, yell at someone. Gonzaga's just Mark Fuse, just like just go, just keep playing, just keep playing. They're gonna they play so fast and they understand. Hey, we're we're gonna give a, we're gonna give up some some points and you may score on us, but we're gonna stop you just enough. Because you can't keep up with us. And it's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, well, I think a large part of that is he is one of those. I mean, he's the definition of the Jimmys and the Joes over the X's and the O's. Yep. Not to say that he doesn't know what he's doing. Because, I mean, obviously the guy does. But, Mm. you know, he figured out if I get the best players, I'm going to win more times than I'm going to lose. Yeah. And he found out how to get them. In a conference where you can't really get him unless you're Gonzaga. And I don't know how he does it, but he does it. And the results speak for themselves. But And and the really interesting part when you just talk about just the crazy luck that just sometimes happened to these guys is so Jalen Suggs is their star point guard, star freshman, the highest ranked recruit to ever go to Gonzaga. He's from the state of Minnesota. His high school and AAU teammate is the number one player in the country, uh, number one high school player in, in the country this year, Chet Holmgren. Uh, seven. Oh, they went to high school together. Yes, seven foot one. He's you know he's he's supposed to be you know the next unicorn. All, all this stuff, and because of his relationship with Jalen Suggs playing high school AAU, you know maybe not fully that, but seeing also how Gonzaga is still with big guys. They're the favorites to also land the number one player in the country. Just think about where Gonzaga was 20 years ago to now they are the preeminent favorites to win the title and the favorites to get the number one player in the country for this tiny little school out in Spokane, Washington. It's incredible. And they're 26-0. We we haven't even mentioned they're 26-0 and have the best chance to go undefeated for a season since that incredible 2015 Kentucky team. Well, look, he's figured it out. It's either, uh, you know, there isn't no special sauce there. We're not doing anything differently that uh, any of the big boys are doing. I'm sure their duffel bags are just as big and uh, recruiting trips are just as fun. Now, I have a, an upset special for you in 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 this region. You You mentioned you like Virginia. I like Ohio. They have a really good guard in Jalen Preston. Uh, they were, I think, were like literally on the verge of beating Illinois earlier in the season. We've seen enough March Madness college basketball games in March. If you have an awesome guard, that can make up for so much. I think, I think Ohio has a chance to to pull the upset against Virginia in that thirteen four matchup. I mean. They don't, but it's a nice thought. you got to pick some <laughs> random teams. They're not scoring on uh, – you're not getting 
down the stretch of games, it takes more than a Matt guard to beat Virginia. Here's now, now, now here's my case. My understanding is so Virginia had the positive test. They're quarantining. You know, it's it's unclear to me how much practice time they will be allowed to have once they're in Indiana before their first game because of the COVID protocols and, and regulations. So if they have really limited practice time, we've seen throughout this season teams coming back off that pause struggle early on. You know, I actually find it to be normally the opposite. Interesting. Okay. In a Explain. weird way. I will. And it, it's almost defies logic in some cases, but I really feel that first game back, the team's raring to go, they're pumped up, and they get through it on adrenaline, and they're fine. It's the game right after that where they struggle, where the body starts to ache a little bit. You know, the quick turnaround they're not used to. You know, getting up and playing isn't that tough. It's, you know, they're built for that. These are, you know, 20-year-old kids. But yeah. Taking that pause for like a week, not working out, going to the gym, you're fine. It's normally like when you leave the gym, you're suffering. Mm-hmm. And then to get back on the court the day after might be a little tough. Yeah. That's my uh, interesting. My two cents there. And again, Ohio's in the MAC. I don't yeah. see it. I don't okay. know the last time a MAC team won. But um, uh, I mean, Ohio doesn't seem to be a perennial team. And these teams that do well or shock the world are more like the, you know, Winthrop's. You know, they've yeah. been there six, seven times. They're not. We've shocked by the big lights, but look, sure. could be a letdown year for Virginia. You know, the team, the way the teams are playing their point guard not to shoot, mm-hmm. you know, made them a little bit easier to guard. But my money's on uh, Coach Bennett and the Cavs. It's, it's interesting because we mentioned how Gonzaga obviously had, has the reputation of uh, falling short in the tournament. Virginia, now they did win the 2019 National Championship, has the biggest loss in March Madness history, losing to UMBC as as the one seed. They are also not immune to big upsets and disappointing performances in Yeah, they struggle games. to score. Yeah. They struggle to score. All right, Dave. Um, I, th- I believe that team, was it UMBC? Yeah. I don't remember too much about them, but I think they went on to win a second game as well. No. No? They, they lost to Kansas State. But it was, it was it was relatively close. Like they could score. They seemed like a little bit electric. Yeah. The, um, they played four the out team. guys. Guys who could shoot the three to pick and pop. Yeah, make you, make you chase them. Yeah, yeah. and then Virginia, know. like the wheels just fell off. But but so who now prediction time? What is your upset special, and and who are you predicting to make? Let's go elite eight, and then. Who wins and goes to the Final Four? I mean, there's no way around it. You're going to see Virginia play Gonzaga, and whoever wins that game is going. Um, You know, something tells me this Kansas team that I absolutely dislike is Mm going to do well. (laughs) But, I mean, I... I'm going to have, you know, a one, two, three, four seed here. Okay. I mean, I just don't think USC is any good. 
I've seen Mobley play. He doesn't seem like the type of guy that's taking over a game, you mm. know, in the ways that it's going to take to beat Iowa or, you know, I just right. don't see it. I'm going to go with uh, the Gonzaga-Iowa semis, which is pretty boring, mm. and put Gonzaga in the Final Four. Okay. I'm I'm exactly with you. I just think Garza is so good. He's so talented and also so unique. Just the, the low post presence the way he can shoot if if they can stop anybody now betting on a team that has struggled defensively which is always a be weakness careful. i gotta tell you something though be careful this grand canyon team it's like a fake school it's like <laughs> there's no campus there's just a basketball team i don't know what's going on there i don't know anybody on that team but i mean I, i'm not as dismissive of that 15 seed you know, because of all that stuff, I'm actually mm. a little cautious of it. I mean, I, I, I don't even know if they play in a league. I don't even know who their coach is. Uh-huh. I don't know what rules they play by. I don't know what it's the Grand Canyon what. I know Dan Marley was tied to it. Yep. You know, you put somebody with, you know, NBA money involved in a college program. There's something fishy going on there. I would not be completely overwhelmed They, they if are- this bracket gets ripped up. And that was your like fifteen two up. I hope not because I'm yeah. a big Garza guy. I know, but, um, I know Grand Canyon is is known for at least I know it as they are a YouTube sensation because they do like a silent night type thing at the game where, where it's like one game where everyone is silent until I don't know if it's the first basket or like once they reach a certain point total. And then, you know, they sell at the gym and then everyone goes crazy from silence to madness and people storm the court. It's like a whole thing. I wonder if they're like uh, paid actors or something because they don't have a campus. So, like, wherever they arbitrarily play these games is interesting because I don't think they have in-person classes. <laughs> All right. So we both have Gonzaga coming out of the West region, going down to the East region. Michigan is the top seed led by Jawan Howard and a really, really good team. They're battling some injuries. Isaiah Livers is out, I think, just indefinitely, they said, with some type of a foot fracture, stress thing. Uh, Hopefully he's okay and can play, but that would be a big loss if they don't have him. Uh, Your Hoyas, led by Patrick Ewing, are the 12 seed in this region facing off against Colorado. You got you have some good matchups, the Blue Bloods in the first four, Michigan State, UCLA. What jumps out to you from this East region? I mean, I think Michigan, to me, is the weakest number one seed out there. Okay. Um, I just, I never saw that high level, next level talent watching them play. I think they're good, don't get me wrong. I like the excitement. But not for me. Not okay. this year. Okay. I mean, what really jumps out for me is, you know, that 5-12 Colorado-Georgetown matchup. Yep. It's very hard to take a school that is not a basketball team or, uh, you know, blue blood, so to speak, and just view them as such. And this Colorado team is outstanding. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people maybe just completely unaware it's a big 12 team 
Rockets or Pac-12. Where does Colorado play here? Help me out. Where? Boulder. No, but are they Pac-12, Pac yeah. correct? Yeah. They just lost to Oregon State. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've watched them play a bunch of Pac-12 games this year, and they have a point guard, this kid McKinley Wright, who's sensational. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is just lightning quick, can shoot the heck out of it, like total, total floor leader. A little bit of Kemba Walker in him. They have a transfer, Jariah Horn, who's like a six foot eight grown-ass man that can shoot the <laughs> crap out of it. They got a six foot nine, like two hundred fifty pounds cheeseburger. This guy Daddy, who's just a beast down there, throwing bodies around. And this kid Schwartz shoots the lights. Out. I mean, they're just, and they defend the crap out of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be a tough one when I, you know, gun to head, I have to click that box, Colorado or Georgetown. But um. Those, those are two strong teams. I mean, Georgetown's more of a healing love affair for me, but yeah. Florida State, I mean, you know, they get it going every year. Length, yep. size, athleticism, can't score on them. BYU is a fun team. They got the seven-footer. Yep. You know, they execute, and they're going to play. I mean, Michigan State, UCLA. I saw Michigan State play early on in the year. They look like the best team in the country. Yep. And then every other time I saw them play, they look like a nine and under AAU basketball <laughs> team that couldn't make a shot. I mean, you know, they've been weird, and they've been weird, and they've also had like a couple COVID pauses and a, and, and and one really long one. They they've had an up and down start stop season, but Tom Izzo, for all of his good and, and bad in him, he he gets his teams playing well around tournament time. I mean, they hold you to 62 points. They just can't crack 60 themselves. Yeah. I mean, it's it's bizarre. You know, if, if they get hot, you know, they've beaten, you know, Illinois. And I know they beat like three of the – I think they beat Illinois, Michigan, and um, Baylor. Did they beat Baylor or no? They beat Illinois, no. Michigan. I mean, they – they just can't score and like, they're not going to be able to score consistently. Mm -hmm. Like I could see them beat UCLA lose to be, they could beat anybody and lose to anybody. Right. I just can't see them beating anybody consistently. Um, Texas is outstanding. I'm always a big smart fan. Yep. I mean, I, I think they're coming out of this bracket. I think they're final four team. Um, the only way that doesn't happen is if Danny Hurley takes care of him in the Sweet 16. I mean, I, to me, that's the, you know, if there were three or four must-see games of the tournament this mm-hmm. year, that Tennessee-Oklahoma State game when we get to the Midwest is, yeah, whew. yeah, And this uh, Texas-UConn Sweet 16 matchup that I'm penciling in Whoa. is, I think, going to be epic. So not a believer in Rick Pitino and Iona. I mean, Look, I'm going to Aruba on Thursday. Wow. To, yeah. Revisit uh, our original quarantine spot to enjoy the first two rounds of the tournament. They do have all four networks, not to worry. <laughs> and you could thank uh, the number 12 and the number 15 seed in this tournament for 
my plane fare, so I'm a big <laughs> believer in Iona. But it I mean, is it it is amazing that Patino made it. Patino, yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I'm not surprised at all. Mm-hmm. I think his ability to coach out of that conference is what I'd expect. I'm sure he got one or two transfers in there. Yep. That was enough for him to win. He figured out what he needed. He got it done. Let's win. But this is a whole other level. I mean, if you want to see, I don't know, win a couple games in the tournament, it's going to take a year or two. Yeah. It's and And Alabama has been one of the surprises, good surprises of the – of the entire season, they are a lot better than I thought that they would be. Uh, they are well coached with Nate Oates. They have Nate Oates, former five-star basketball coach with me on the sidelines. Whoa, name dropping! Oh yeah, big time. But they Classic, nice guy, hard worker, brought some seriously talented kids to camp. Whoa, but. Yeah. But they were, you know, I, I thought coming into the season that, that they would miss Kira Lewis, who went to the NBA. Uh, I thought they would be, you know, good in the SEC, but not a two seed. They really surprised me. But they, as you said, have a tough road ahead to the Sweet 16 because I think UConn will beat Maryland. Uh, UConn coached by, is it, it's it's Danny Hurley. Uh, oh, yeah. UConn, you know, look. We're just gonna say it. We're we're both we both love the Big East. We are Big East guys. We just we we have memories of it from from the Garden. But this UConn team is really good. We have a little Big East vibes, but this UConn team is really good. And I don't know if you know Alabama's really good, but that's a really tough path. I think that's the toughest path for any two C to get to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, well, I mean, plain and simple, Texas is the best three seed out there. Yeah. So. And, and and Alabama could beat UConn. I mean, you could be talking about Alabama, Texas would be equally exciting. But something tells me that this uh, Danny Hurley's got that special sauce to get this done. Now I think now I I'm with you. I think Michigan is really really good, but they are of the four one seats. Someone has to be the weakest one seed, right? Someone has to be fourth. I think they are fourth. I think that this Florida State team was underseeded. I think that they are a three seed, not necessarily a four. I think that they are really, really good. They have an NBA talent in Scotty Barnes. They have crazy size. They are a veteran roster. Leonard Hamilton is a really, really good coach. Uh, they have a tough, you know, if, if they have to play Colorado or the on fire Georgetown team in the next round. That that's tough, but I could see Florida State knocking off Michigan because they have the size to match up with Dickinson down low. They have Yeah, they're the type of team that just doesn't have you know, like uh, you go into a game and you're like, yeah, that's just a bad matchup for us. Mm-hmm. I feel like the way Florida State is, it's like whoever they're playing, their opponents like, yeah, it's just a bad matchup for us. Yeah. And it's really interesting Leonard Hamilton recruits really really well he's put a bunch of guys in the nba recently but hopefully after this year people start talking about him and he gets recognized more for the type of recruiter he is because he gets guys who are 
really big. He has great size. He has great length and wingspans. Quick. He's they play modern defense, switchable length, size, whatever. Uh, it's really, really impressive and really fun to watch too. Yeah, I mean, it's you said it. So, so my upset special in this one, you know, as much as I think it would be cool if Iona won, just because having Rick Pitino advance farther and farther with the NCAA, I think it would just be funny. Uh, I'm gonna pick. Uh, I'm gonna pick Georgetown. I know you, you gave the whole. I love it. You gave the whole. Uh, piece on Colorado and why Colorado could be a Final Four team, all this stuff. I'm a believer in, uh, you know, momentum. I'm a believer in destiny. I just think that what Georgetown has been through the last year, uh, Ewing's on a roll, the magic of the Garden, uh, playing for Big John, Coach Thompson, I think this is a team that could surprise and make a and make a and make a Sweet Sixteen run. It'd be amazing. I'd love it. Nobody would be uh, happier than me to see that. But um, I, on the other hand, believe you're going to see a monumental upset in the round of thirty-two. Whoa. Mm. I think this St. Bonaventure team is really good, too. We didn't the Bonnies. The, the Bonnies. St. Bonaventure team. But, I mean, these guys defend. Mm-hmm. I, they do it all. I, they're not going to beat Michigan, but it would be fun if they did. Yeah. And I think <laughs> Michigan just seems so susceptible to upset. You know, I'm going to stick with my guns here, and I'm, I'm going to say Colorado is going to beat Florida State. Okay. I think they're going to be able to guard them, and then I think Colorado is going to beat Michigan. Wow! And you are going to see this uh, Texas Colorado matchup coming out of the East. Whoa! And I think it's just Shaka's time to get his name back on the stage with his new haircut. <laughs> well, well, I swear that we did not, you know, prep together about this. We did not coordinate. I have I don't have Texas Colorado. I have Texas against Florida State in the uh, Elite Eight, and I have Texas advancing. The way that they guard uh, their guard play, they have an an NBA big. Uh, one of their one of their guards, Andrew Jones, is one of the best stories in the country. He battled leukemia. He overcame. Leukemia early in his college career. He is now back and playing at an incredibly, incredibly high level. That's just an unbelievable story that uh, people are really downplaying when, when I'm listening to like Fran Fraschilla and, and all these people saying like, well, now that he's past that or now that he's overcome that. It's like, no, he had cancer. Like, <laughs> and now he's back and now he's back playing in the big 12 starting for the champions. Like this is incredible. Yeah. I think you're, uh, I think you're spot on there. And just to be clear, my heart's with Georgetown, and I'll yep. probably, uh, you know, if I fill out four or five brackets, I'll probably pick Georgetown four of them. But, uh, <laughs> if I'm getting paid to do a show like this, I'm going to give you my expert pick, and yep. that pick is uh, the Buffaloes of Colorado. Okay, okay. So you have Colorado, I have Texas. Go no, up. I have Texas beating Colorado, but... Okay. You know, that 5-12 matchup, it's kind of one of those games I'm dying to watch. But Yeah. 
All right, going going over to the top right of the bracket now, the South region, Baylor, the number one seed. They've been the second best, or not necessarily the second best, but the number two ranked team in the country the entire, basically the entire year behind Gonzaga. They are 22-2 and two, uh, coming off a loss in the Big 12 championship. Uh, they get Hartford, the, the Connecticut school. Uh, I think this is their first one or first one in a while. Uh, this is a this is a, an interesting region of the bracket. We have your Colgate. Uh, Colgate gets the must bus and Arkansas. We have Ohio State's the two seed against Oral Roberts, who I think is making it for the first time. Got Villanova, a injury you know an injury ravaged Villanova playing Winthrop, and a couple uh, big major schools that we would normally see in a Sweet Sixteen matchup in North Carolina Wisconsin. That's the eight nine matchup. So there's a lot of a lot of intriguing ways that this bracket could unfold. But uh, I got Baylor all the way. W- what jumps out to you, Dave? I think the depth in this this bracket is as strong as any, if not the, probably the strongest. I mean, you know, we didn't really love the West. I thought it was kind of a weak bracket. Yeah. The East was, you know, you know, UConn is a seven. Texas is a three, Florida State is a four, Colorado is a five. You know, I mean, that, there's a lot of good teams in there. Yeah. But this one in particular, I mean, you know, good luck playing against North Carolina, Baylor. Like, yeah. have fun. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. You take a look at like a one seed point spreads in the second game. I think you can see like Baylor is like a three, four point spread favorite mm-hmm. over North Carolina. Yeah. The big guys there are just a problem. Um, and they have a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, they just <laughs> throw like four or five, <laughs> four or five guys. I mean, and they all play. Yeah. Garrison Brooks, Armando Picot, uh, Walker Kessler has played really, he had, he had one huge game in the uh, AC tournament. As, yeah, North Carolina just has a lot of size all over the court and an experienced group. Yeah, I mean, they have some trouble scoring, which I think will, will hurt them against Baylor. But, yep. you know, and Baylor's tough and can rebound. So I, they'll probably beat them. But, like, I'm sure Baylor wasn't excited to learn, like, that they weren't playing Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, um, you know, I went through Villanova. This just doesn't seem like a classic Villanova team. They're headed in the wrong direction. That's going to be everyone's 12-5 pick game. You know, if yeah. everyone's going to pick them because of Villanova's injuries and people who don't watch college basketball are just going to look and see, wow, Winthrop is 23-1. and They must be really good. I'm going to pick them. Yeah, I'm, I don't know that people are wrong, but you know, mm-hmm. you're not going to make a living betting against Jay Wright losing in the first round of the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I think the last time that happened, uh, the two guards were dating each other's girlfriends or something. <laughs> <laughs> what What do you make of this Texas Tech Utah State matchup, and then obviously Arkansas against your? I mean, this is this Team is Colgate. like one of the things I just can't stand about the NCAA tournament sometimes, mm-hmm. where it's like if Utah State or Texas Tech were playing Purdue, North Texas, Villanova, or Winthrop, I'd pick each of those two teams to beat all four of them. Yeah, and unfortunately, they're playing each other. Yep. Um, Utah State is 
a wildly underrated team. I know that because of all their 11 o'clock games and uh, during the week living by myself with the wife out of town. So <laughs> I don't be surprised to see how good they are. Chris Beard is one of the best coaches in the country. Yep. I mean, he is done an amazing job with them all of their losses are like you know down to the wire games mm-hmm. um, they're not losing I don't know anything about Purdue North Texas I'm surprised I don't I'll probably pick North Texas for fun mm-hmm. and you know have Winthrop beat them and that make it like I mean, to be clear, the best team I've seen all year, without question, is Baylor. Interesting. So, better, better than, better than the Zags. Interesting. It's. I mean, they're just. They have basketball players. When you would look at Baylor and be like, "Oh yeah," but I wonder if he could shoot. And the answer is, yeah, he could shoot. <laughs> it, they're just when they're clicking. I, the guy referenced the game. They beat Texas at Texas. That was a great game. And the kid from Texas, like, jumped five feet over the rim to cut the lead from, like, eight to six, you know, as Baylor was playing much better. And he, like, stared down the kid from Baylor. (laughs) He got a technical foul. Baylor made two free throws, hit a three. The game was 11. They got two straight stops. And they just, like, wiped the court with them. And it was over. And... They're great. They're just a they great team. Just, they just can do it. They can shoot it. They're strong. They're fast. They got the, the total package. Yeah. You know, anybody picking them to lose, you know, is somewhat of like an upset or just hope. But you can't tell me there's a team that's in the field that's just better than them. Um, I, I've heard amazing stuff about this Arkansas team. Eric Musselman, but, um, the must bus. What's his deal? Uh, I'm just unfamiliar. He was uh, he coached at Nevada. He's had he's had a long winding coaching journey. He was the coach at Nevada when they were really good with 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 the Martin twins. He leaves Nevada, takes a job at, at Arkansas. He went viral this year because the SEC Network was doing some feature on him. And I guess in in the previous game before like the feature started, he was uh, unsatisfied with the effort of the Razorback players in different hustle categories, especially rebounding. So he and his assistant coaches and managers across the entire facility put up uh, a piece of paper that said rebound and including on uh, the player's car windshields and backpacks and locker room, literally everywhere. There's there's video of him going up. He's like their best player. He lifts up the windshield wiper, puts it down like a ticket that says rebound. Uh, so he's he's known for all that stuff. He's he's supposed to be a really good guy, and this is this is a, a good Arkansas team. Very very good. Uh, in my opinion, they were the the second best team. You know, this is the same much, but they're the second best team in the SEC behind Alabama. But they are running into an on fire Patriot League champion from Colgate. Fourteen one. They were not allowed to play non conference games. That was something that the Patriot League decided with the COVID protocols, conference only. But as you said, uh, I think Colgate is the second or the third highest scoring team in the country. It should be a it should be a fun matchup. It's I mean I, I watched them play the last couple games. They dropped a hundred points on Bucknell. I mean, 
and these are just like you walk into a local uh, YMCA and you're playing a bunch against the 40 year old guys. I mean, these are those guys that just, you know, they play like six games and win them all, leave, get a workout in. Yeah. And, and they all look like they're 40. They're like balding six foot three. They look like a golf team. <laughs> and then they got um, Jordan Burns, the point guard, mm-hmm. is electric. You know, he played him and his fellow backcourt. Man, I'll get you his name in a sec. They had an awful first half today. They were playing against Loyola. And they were up like five or maybe eight, five at the half. And mm-hmm. then um, Burns and the other guard couldn't, they were like one for 10 combined. Okay. And they just came out and just hit like Nellie Cummings is the other guard. And mm-hmm. the two of them just came out and drilled like four straight threes. Boom, <laughs> game over. Yeah. Um, I mean, the team is just. They're really good. Very hard to guard. They're the, the typical team that is just an upset waiting to happen in the tournament. You know, mm-hmm. they get open shots on every single possession. You have guys like you're trying to trap them. Burns is too good for that stuff. Cummings can handle the ball. You know, the guys sliding over, taking charges. You know, I don't know that they're equipped to handle a player the likes of like you know, Baylor's top players or, you know, like NBA level talent coming against them. But, you know, some of these like high majors athletes that aren't as polished, like that they'll, they'll beat them. Um, Are you picking them against Arkansas? Is this your upset special for the South region? I think so. I mean, I don't see why not. I don't know enough about Arkansas. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, as much as I'm an expert on, like, 56 of these teams, I'm like, I'll tell you all about Oral Roberts when we get there. Yeah. But I just don't know enough about Arkansas. I certainly love Texas Tech. So, like, I'll have a little fun with that one and pick the Red Raiders. I feel real good about. Um, okay. Mac McClung. Has... I mean, their entire team. Yeah. The Colgate Red Raiders team is, like, Mac McClung five inches taller and balding (laughs) and they don't miss yeah i mean look it's it's it it doesn't sound right but it kind of is like like nobody's drafted mac mcclung at the airport and same with this colgate red raiders team yeah the job that they do the shots that they collect on offense are just you know, you got guys driving from the baseline, throwing like drag back passes to the corner. You know, cutting up zones. I see them try to. You know, Loyola sat in a one-three-one. They mm-hmm. dissected it in two seconds. You know, it's just good luck. Yeah. Now moving down the bracket, I am not a believer in Florida. Not a believer in Mike White. They just. They just always have these super talented teams, it feels like, the, the last few years, but they just never gel, right? I'm not betting that they'll figure figure it out and gel this year in, in the tournament. So I think this could be Ohio State, a relatively easy path to the Sweet 16 coming off their run to the Big t- uh, Ten championship game. There was a moment this year when I thought Ohio State was the best team in the country. Interesting, okay. 
that moment has, you know, come and gone. Yeah. But, um, I like Chris Holtman too. I think he's a really good coach. Florida just, it doesn't get me excited. No. I saw Virginia Tech play against North Carolina the other night, and they just look like the better team. They just couldn't handle their size. Um, I think Vatek is going to move on. I think okay. Ohio State might actually have a little bit of trouble with Oral Roberts and Max Abmas, who is a big time player, a little bit like a baby Iverson. Whoa, okay. I mean, you are going to be. Now, I watched them play South Dakota State in the tournament championship up 45-20 to 20 in the first half, and they almost choked the game away in the second half. But this kid is electric, and I would not be surprised if this is like one of those games where it's like you're watching, you know, Florida in a barn burner mm-hmm. play Vatek, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, let's take you to this other high school gym in Indiana where Oral Roberts leads Ohio State 67-63 with six <laughs> minutes left. Yeah. Like, this, we'll it, it, mean, it, uh, it also feels like Ohio State, they beat Michigan, they lose in overtime to, to Illinois today in the Big Ten Championship. feels like everyone is, is picking them, you know, coming off a great run in the conference tournament. This, this feels like uh, we're forgetting, as you said, Oral Roberts has – Good guard, good players. That this this feels like. Hey, if everyone's picking Ohio State, may you know, just maybe we should pick. You know, there's we shouldn't write off any chance of an upset. But, <laughs> but it's it's not going to happen. No, 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 but it could be fun. fun to, yeah, you never yeah. know. I mean, I, I think Baylor and Ohio State are destined to meet. You know, there okay. was, like I said, there was a moment this year where I thought Ohio State was the best team. Um, tough to pick against that today. Yeah. Well, I think it's I, I think it's going to be Baylor through and through in the South. Not saying much. They're easily, you know, one of the two best teams in the country the entire season. Uh, yeah, you're gonna. I, I, I think most brackets that you're going to look at are going to have Texas Tech playing Ohio State. Yep. And Baylor playing Ohio State in the Elite Eight. Yep. Yep, with Baylor moving on to the Final Four. Now, as we as we head down to the fourth region, the Midwest region, Illinois is the top seed, the Big Ten champions at 23-6 and six on the season. They get Drexel. This is an interesting uh, bracket. Houston is the two seed. Uh, Clemson-Rutgers is an interesting matchup at the 7-10 uh, Oklahoma State is in there with Cade Cunningham as the four seed. Uh, they are approved to play in the tournament. Uh, I thought that they run a ban like most people when they got put out uh, in the fall. But you know, who was Oklahoma State uh, last spring? They were they were supposed to have a one year ban, and I guess they've appealed it or did something to along the lines where they are eligible to play if they qualify. And Cade Cunningham is a superstar, and he got him in at the four seed. Uh, and a really, really fun, interesting 8-9 matchup in Loyola-Chicago and Sister Jean and the Georgia Tech AC Champion 
ACC champions with Jose Alvarado, Christ the King, New York City guy, and Josh Pastner. So just what do you think of this Midwest? I think it's probably the most fun bracket. Yes, I, mean, I any, agree. I think you can go a number of different ways. I'm never, I've never been into the whole sister gene thing. Like, uh, <laughs> you know. But, um, you know, I got a lot of respect for that Loyola Chicago program. I'm sure the people of Illinois would really love to see uh, that matchup. But, you know, I'll take my guy from New York City, Jose Alvarado. Yep. And I will also let you know that this Josh Pastner, who um, almost feels like he had a bit of a silver spoon in his mouth, given that uh, Memphis job, I think. Mm-hmm. To start at a really young age, it was almost like he was placed there by um, Calipari. Yeah, a little fishy, but at the same time, and this is a guy that has emailed like two or three people from my high school conference. Like I did Whoa. an offensive clinic online, and the next day I got an email from like Josh Pastner, and I just found it to be like That's sweet. I mean, obviously like the coolest email I've ever gotten as a coach, but yeah, I mean, somewhat intuitive into this guy's uh, world in that it's like he lives. Some guys just live it. And yeah. if he's watching some offensive clinic, I'm giving this guy's living it. <laughs> <laughs> he's searching to the end of the internet to get there. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to take Georgia tech there. Interesting. Now, I don't know if you are if you are a Ken Palm truther, if you are a Ken Palm denier, but Loyola Chicago is an eight seed, but they are ninth in the country according to the Ken Palm rankings. I don't know what Ken Palm is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an, it's it's like an advanced stat uh, that that puts together. You know, adjusted offense, adjusted defense, luck factor, strength of schedule, and they and he ranks it based on like his algorithm, and he has Loyola Chicago ninth in the country. Well, good for Ken Palm, but <laughs> I'll take uh, my New York City point guard in the ACC over Ken Palm's algorithm. He's Alvarado played great the entire tournament. He was really really fun to watch. And the other note I want to make on Georgia Tech is. Uh, early in, in the season, they struggled the first couple games because Passner, uh, with all the COVID rules and protocols, to attempt to what was seemed, you know, now it seems really smart and it seemed, you know, pretty smart then too, even if it was a little out of the ordinary just because no one else was doing it. He had basically no or extremely limited contact practices uh, in the very early parts of the season to try to prevent any type of COVID spread. He's one of the only coaches who wears that face shield and not a mask so that he can just talk normally without feeling like he has to adjust the mask all over the place and distract himself. Uh, it's it's pretty interesting that we were in November, he was talking about trying to limit the, the COVID spread with no contact practices, practices and getting criticized when I think they struggled the first couple of games. But most college teams struggle the first couple of games anyway because it's, you know, it's the first couple of games. You know, it's always sloppy. And now they're now AC champions, champions, and it proves, you know, he was right all along, which which I find pretty interesting that maybe as we've seen the COVID karma gods work against a bunch of schools who have been sort of lax about it, maybe him 
being on top of it, seemingly more so than other places, the the COVID karma gods will work in his favor in the dance. Who who knows? But uh, I'm I'm with you. As much as I love watching Loyola Chicago and Coach uh, Coach Moser, I think this Georgia Tech team is rolling. Yeah, I mean, rolling. He is. I don't think anybody expected them to win the ACC tournament. No. You know, teams that normally, like, that's your, uh, you know, the pinnacle or, you know, it's like, can't stop us now. Yep. Um, I have a feeling Illinois might be a little too much for them. Yeah. Um, a little too Illinois big, I think. experience this, situa- this year has just been pretty big time i watched them play minnesota big rich patino fan there mm-hmm. and illinois just i mean they pounded them it was like 20 at the half and 35 you know the whole way through so and and and, and, and kofi cockburn another christ the cockburn, king, like yeah christ, Raccoon, christ the king uh reunion yeah and and illinois also has not technically New York City, but Long Island Lutheran's Andre Curbelo, who's played really well this season, stepped up massively when uh, Dosumu had his broken nose and he was out. Now he's masked and back. Uh, but it'll be a it'll be a, a New York City reunion in a way of Luhai, Christ the King. Uh, that will be super fun if it happens. Yeah. Moving down, well. moving down. You wanted to talk about Tennessee, Oregon State. I really wanted to talk about Tennessee, Oklahoma State. Yeah, sorry, um, Oklahoma State, not Oregon State. I saw Oregon State beat Colorado last night, and you know, tempered my Colorado expectations. You know, they kind of came out of nowhere; nobody expected much out of them. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, I saw just put a hurt on Kentucky this year. <clears throat> I mean, their athleticism was. <sighs> Big time, big time, and they could shoot it. Um, I don't think they'll have a problem with Oregon State. Um, Oregon State's like a less talented athletic team as Tennessee. Yep. Oklahoma State, Liberty, Liberty always gives people problems. But I'll tell you this, and I, you made mention earlier that Oklahoma State wasn't sure if they'd be eligible. But uh, Super Bowl Sunday, I had uh, placed a small wager on rob gronkowski to score the first touchdown in the super bowl which nice and the bucks to win the game which they did nice and when i went to the little booth i saw all the odds up for the ncaa tournament and earlier that week i had seen my first oklahoma state game and i saw this kate cunningham and i said my goodness yeah he is the best college player i've seen that i can remember whoa in that guard spot. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't pretend to be uh, an evaluator, certainly of players that I don't coach. But, I mean, he is as silky smooth as they come. And we've been arguing in the basketball star's office all week, Cade Cunningham versus Jason Tatum. And to me, it's like... Versus Tatum, wow. And so my comment to your beloved coach Sass was <laughs> when 
when Jason Tatum games matures, if everything works properly, he could become the next, you know, freshman at Oklahoma State that performed as well as Kate Cunningham. I think Kate is incredible. He is. I think he is the future MVP of the NBA. I think he's that good. And I don't know if he has the dog in him, but these days I don't even know if he need that. Well, well, he also if he committed to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State made the great move of several years ago hiring his brother uh, before he was the top player in his high school class, but he was a top player in you know in the in his region when he was in Texas. He goes to Montverde, crushes it for Kevin Boyle, wins you know the national championship, whatever because Montverde always wins. Uh, he still he upheld his commitment to Oklahoma State even after they got that postseason ban. And I think that speaks a lot to who he is, that he just, he stayed. He said, I made the commitment, I'm staying, I'm playing. speaks a little bit more to how much money he received. (laughs) But it's a nice thought. We're trying to be positive here, Dave. (laughs) Look, it's the modern, you know, you can either, uh, you know, adapt or get left behind. There's nothing wrong with it. It's the game. and And then on the court, he took a... And let's just say, like, like an average Big Twelve team in Oklahoma State, to the to literally the pinnacle of winning the championship, they they knock off Baylor. He is so under control when he plays. When 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 he has the ball, he he looks like a senior. You know, he looks like a fifth year senior in terms of his composure and his poise, the way that he can control the pace and the flow of the game. He can get to basically any spot on the court that he wants for any shot that he wants. He's a really good shooter. Uh, you know, he shoots over 85% from the free throw line, so you're also projecting out long-term growth. He'll be a really good shooter from far away, which is that's usually how it works out. Uh, and he's huge. He's 6'7". He's a legit 6'7", maybe even a little bit bigger. Uh, he's a tremendous college player. He... Th- I, I would be surprised if there aren't some teams in the NBA who wouldn't who wouldn't trade their current point guard for Kate Cunningham right now to not play next week in the tournament, but to join their NBA team. Oh, uh, without question. Yeah. And I think our Knicks would be one of them. I would trade R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle for him. Wow, Th- that's a little much, but uh, I I would definitely consider a lot for Kate Cunningham. Well, look, if you believe he's going to be the next uh, Doncic or whoever, yeah, Damian Lillard type, mm-hmm. you know, or Donovan Mitchell, yeah, I think you would. What are your thoughts on Rutgers making it to the tournament? Coach Bacall, he's got him in the dance. Ten seed matchup against Clemson. Clemson, were, were, Clemson, at one point of the season, were the darlings of the ACC. Well, Clemson's sucked. They've always sucked. In you know, relative to the rest of the ACC, mm-hmm. I've never been. I can't remember ever being like, "Oh, you got to watch out for this Clemson team." Like they've, ne- you know, like maybe they'll win a regular season game against North Carolina or something, but just never a believer. I think both teams are extremely lucky to be playing each other, and that one of them will get a win. 
I like Rutgers in this match, but I think Rutgers is going to win. Houston, though, is really, really good. I think Houston will will, will beat Hanley, the winner of Clemson. Uh, being, before we move on yeah. to this Houston uh, five slam a jam at reunion, the job that uh, Pykel has done at Rutgers is oh remarkable. My God. Oh I my mean, God. the it's... idea that this a team from Piscataway, New Jersey, can compete in the Big Ten. Yes. Is like a joke. Like I don't know how they're doing it, but you gotta give him. I mean, I, he's a self-made man from Quinnipiac. Did he come from? I believe so. I mean, it's just remarkable. You gotta tip your cap. Amazing job. You know, it's like the Greg Schiano thing. Like Rutgers national championship to me is like making the tournament. Like. He deserves a raise. Mm-hmm. This is the highest level of expectations. Like I'm sure they want to be, uh, you know, national champion, and maybe one day they can make the Sweet 16. And maybe it's this. I don't know. I just I find it to be remarkable that they are able to get in the tournament. Ron Harper Jr. is on that team too. Yeah, very good, very very good. And and you know, Rutgers in New Jersey. New Jersey has great high school basketball. They're also, you know, you can recruit some New York kids, Pennsylvania kids, but maybe we will see. They have the Big Ten lure. Uh, they now have made the tournament. Who knows what the future unfolds because Rutgers has been up and down with a lot of downs and a lot of long down periods. But uh, Coach Pakel's done su- such a great job. I-, I would like to see some local New Jersey kids uh, – Give give Rutgers a chance with Coach Pacquel and see just where this could go with with a great Northeast based roster. I just can't imagine a kid visiting like Rutgers and being like sold. Yeah, <laughs> from New Jersey. You, <laughs> you just really have, you just really really have to you know sell the stay home stay home you'll be a hero you know all all of that pitch work. For the Jersey kids, the entire NEPSAC, all, all all that stuff to 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 keep them home because it's be it seems even harder to recruit kids from Florida or Texas or California. Yeah, it's a challenge. It's a challenge, but hats off to Coach Pytel. I mean, Houston's super athletic. Yeah. they're going to roll over Cleveland State. I'm sure they'll roll over Rutgers, and that'll take you to. I mean. <sighs> How great is that San Diego State-Syracuse game going to be? It's going to be really, really good because also Syracuse is one of my favorite teams to watch in the tournament because the zone either just works and they just find the magic and they win two or three games or they the other team figures it out and Syracuse doesn't score enough. Like the zone factor just makes it so much fun because you're staring at Syracuse as an 11 seed and you, you know, you're looking at the entire bracket and you're saying if you had to pick one 11 seed to make it really far. You would want to pick Utah state, but that match against tech is so difficult. Syracuse just because of the unique style of play and they have a bunch of upperclassmen, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world that they make the elite eight because of the zone. They've done it before. Yeah. Which is just crazy because Jim Beheim will be a curmudgeon on the sideline, just looking miserable, you know, biting his nails. The one thing that they don't have that they normally do have, though, 
is like a real presence in the paint. Yep, for sure. They normally have some like seven foot white militaristic looking guy, you know, an African seven foot two kid. That and and always offensively limited in either case. Mm-hmm. That just sits in the middle of the paint, scores two points a game, and like grabs twelve rebounds, and they just don't have it. Block shots, yeah. Like the and that's it's a problem when you can't rebound in the zone, and I that has me down on them this year. I've watched them, I've seen, you know how good they can be at times, but. I just don't see this year as being. I don't think they have enough to overcome that. I think he's he needs his pieces for that to work. Interesting. I I think though, just looking at this region, you know, we talked about how good Illinois is, how good Oklahoma State is. I have Illinois against Oklahoma State in the Sweet Sixteen, but I think Huggy Bear and this West Virginia team is really really good. And I'm going to go out, out, out on a limb, and I'm going to pick West Virginia to make the Final Four. Whoa. I have to say matchup. I think, you know, I'm going to have to dissect this one a little bit more. I'm thinking a little bit more through. Mm-hmm. But I do have Illinois-West Virginia. I do have Illinois winning. Um, you know, normally when I fall in love with the conference, like I have this year with the Big 12, mm-hmm. It just gets a little carried away. Yeah. I, I love I love Baylor. I love Oklahoma State. I love Texas Tech. I love yeah. It's like I can't love everybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, like I'm I'm looking at it right now. You know, I have three Big Twelve teams in the Final Four, and the and, and Gonzaga. Usually, three teams from the same conference don't make it, but three teams from the Big Ten could easily make it, and three teams from. The Big Twelve could use me because those conferences were so 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 good this year. Yeah, that's what it felt like, and you know sometimes it's just the exposure of it all. Yep, for um, sure. You know, I, I really I don't know what the deal is injury with Tennessee, but you know I could see Illinois, I could see Oklahoma State, I could see Tennessee, I could see West Virginia, and I mean I haven't seen Houston play enough. Mm-hmm. But there's five, six teams in this bracket that I think can advance. Yeah. And then, oh, by the way, like the teams that you're discounting are the ACC champions. Yeah. Loyola Chicago and... And Syracuse. You yeah. Know, ask Ken Palm what he thinks of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have our final four, or at least three of the four. I have Gonzaga matched up against Texas. Baylor against West Virginia. Uh, seems like you're leaning Illinois for that Midwest slot. I am. Okay. Who do you have matching up in the national championship game? I have the Fighting Illini and the Longhorns. And the Longhorns. Wow. Shocker. I do. I, do. I see... Um... Shock is smart having a year I think he is one of the great motivators great coaches of our generation mm-hmm. and I think he's been a little silent the last couple of years and I think it's his time are you concerned at all with coach Underwood at Illinois just you know correct me if I'm wrong but he's never been in this situation 
uh, before. He's never come into the tournament as the team to beat. Well, he's never... He doesn't have to take any shots. You know, I think some of these tournament teams fall behind early Mm -hmm. and get themselves in a little trouble. You know, when you have a kid like Cockburn, you get points early and it's not an issue. Mm -hmm. So I think... You know, they're safe from, like, that quick letdown disaster. I think they're fine. I just think, uh, you know, if Baylor were to beat Illinois, I think Baylor's beaten Texas. Okay. But uh, I think Texas is going to beat Illinois. I think there's speed. Just, yeah. <laughs> I think it's just their uh This is unbelievable. Wow. Texas as the national champions. The Longhorns. Shaka smart. Shaka. Now, I am not there with you. I think Gonzaga is by far and away the best college basketball team I have seen since the 2015 Kentucky team. Now, that Kentucky team also came into the tournament undefeated and lost in the Final Four to a really, really, really good Wisconsin team with Sam Decker and Frank, and Frank Kaminsky. But I think this is this is the year. This is the year that Gonzaga finally, finally puts it together and they win the national championship. I have Gonzaga playing Baylor. It's not flashy. It's not sexy. But those are, if you talk to anyone and everyone around college basketball who watches tons of college basketball, even though in the tournament it doesn't always work this way, those were by far and away the, the two best teams. Two best teams yep. And uh, I think they're just at a different level than everyone else. And I think that it will be an incredible national championship game. But I think Gonzaga, because of the way that they can score, and I think that the difference will be as good as Baylor is, they don't have that lottery pick top 10 for sure talent on the team that Gonzaga has in Jalen Suggs. And so, I don't know that they don't. I think they do. You do? Okay. Guard, I think one of their guards is that guy. I don't know his name. Interesting. Okay. Well, at, at least right now on March 14th at 10 p.m. East Coast time, I think Jalen Suggs is – He's I don't know if he's the best player on the court, but he's the best NBA potential, the best long-term player, the the best talent. Um, I think that will, will be the difference, but – I think it'll be a great final close game, but I have the Zags in a barn burner defeating the Baylor Bears for their first national title. It's, I mean, it's hard to argue that there's two better players. Now, now two better teams all year. Yeah. Now that we have our, our picks in, this is what, what we think will happen. Who are you rooting for if you had to pick any team to make a run to the final four, who are you pulling for in your heart of hearts more than anybody else? I mean, well, Georgetown always yep. will, uh, you know, that's a real simple one. That's just Patrick Ewing. Yep. Um, in terms of teams, I think I'm going for Oklahoma state. Yeah. They're, they're you know, so fun. There's a bit of this, like, uh, you know, I'm so high on Kate Cunningham that like people are making fun of me. <laughs> you just have to watch the game. You just have to watch him play and you'll figure it out. Yeah. 
you know, I, I'm, I love Danny Hurley. I love the Hurley family. A lot of respect for them. Um, wouldn't mind seeing them make a run. You know, I, there's nothing about, you know, the snotty-nosed Virginia University program that I really love other than uh, Marcus Klotz graduating from there. You're one of your favorite all-time players, maybe even your your favorite player you've ever coached, which as someone you have coached in myself, I, I it is something that I have overcome. It's a bit of a, there's a Charles Oakley factor to Marcus yeah. that needs to be mentioned. He um, was, he, he was, he was, he was, do like a player more than him. I'm not telling him because <laughs> he was, he was the only player I ever played against in high school who wore his arm sleeve truly for the pad protection on his elbow. Like, it wasn't for style. It was for pure substance of, like, I'm going to hit someone, boxing out, you know, post-defense, whatever, and I'm not going to dislocate my elbow. Uh, I'm going to wear a pad. Yeah. <laughs> it and was now, great. That being said, I'm still rooting for Virginia because yep. all of those, like, little fake things, when it comes to playing the game the right way, those guys play the game in a throwback sense that I have a deep appreciation for. Yeah. Um, I think there'd be something fun about Syracuse doing it again, just like <laughs> just Beheim. Yeah, just 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 having yeah, Beheim back in the Final Four, doing the press conferences, looking miserable. Uh, like, yeah, the game ain't that complicated. Like, yeah. this is just how we do it. Like, all you geniuses and Ken Palms, like. <laughs> You know, figure this shit out. I like, like I've been playing two three zone for forty five years, and no one's figured like no one's figured it out yet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's actually amazing. You said like I have like two or three calls that we run against the two three zone mm-hmm. that I'll get a shot up every time. And you know, there's you know when you start running, you know, dumping big guys into the post, and you know, weak side big guy. And then flashing a guard through the middle, like you get a layup every time. You can't run it every time, but you know, just the idea that like guys don't have sets against Syracuse that they can get a, that same look on every time is amazing. And with the amount of practice time you have in Division One basketball, which even though you are given an hourly limit per week, you start practice in middle of September and your first game's in November. So it's, it's, it's hard to believe that they, there aren't more two, three zone sets put in with all those weeks of practice time. And we're just more teams out. playing the zone. Yeah. Like, um, I need to do a little deeper dive into this. There, there's something going on that Michigan lost to Ohio state concerns me. If Michigan was the team that everybody says they are, well, Livers being out is a big deal. He was one of their leading scorers, shot over, I think, 45 to 50-ish percent from the field, depending on, I, I can't remember what the last name I, I checked that was. Uh, him being out is a big deal because he was he was one of their upperclassmen. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, like, what conferences have we not gotten a ton of exposure in? Because it just feels so heavy this year. Yeah. Big 10, Big 12, Big 10, Big 12. And, you know, maybe that's because Duke and UNC aren't really that hot, that the ACC was kind of ignored. Yeah. And maybe this Georgia Tech team's a lot better and Florida State's a lot better than we give credit for. Um, I think, I, I think in terms of. I watched Pac 12 basketball and it is not good. I mean, <laughs> there have been years where I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, like 
what do we know about the Pac-12? And they go like six and one opening day, and the yeah. Big Ten's like zero oh and six. But I, I've like watched enough Pac-12 basketball to know. I'm thinking like the sleeper conference. You know what? Write this one down for the signature moment of the podcast. Okay. I think the SEC might be a bit of a sleeper conference this year. I'm not, we might have glossed over Florida. They might be significantly better than we think. I'm just not a fan. I've watched them enough times this year that they just don't look together. They they just have talent, but it just it just doesn't gel right. It just feels like it's just something's off. I'm not necessarily. I don't lay it all on Florida. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like maybe this Missouri team, maybe this LSU team, maybe yeah. they're significantly better than. You know, we're giving them credit because I know USC sucks. I know Kansas ain't fucking. Oh, you might have to bleep that out. <laughs> it's all good. You know, this Kansas team isn't uh, tops in the nation, and they're a three seed. Yeah. You know, Michigan State, UCLA stink. You know, maybe it is Alabama. I, I, I'm with you. I'm pulling for Georgetown because of the Patrick Ewing, Big East. It would be really, really fun to have. Just Georgetown be super relevant again, uh, you know. So many years from the '80s, and you talk about like the Big East, and we could watch the Big East thirty for thirty, and just all the memories of them beating up those matches with those matches with St. John's with Mullen and and Ewing, and just you know those in the yeah. Villanova. It it would be incredible to have. Not- I thought St. John's had a shot at making the tournament. But yeah. I was a little- you know, these Joe Lenardi's and these guys, I don't know. But that, that team was pretty fun to watch. They were. Coach Anderson won Big East Coach of the Year. Uh, I think they have an interesting team going forward. They're a team to watch because the Big East the Big East is a really good conference. They have a bunch of really good teams, good coaches, and they just play good basketball. Yeah. I, I'm rooting for them. I like what he's doing there. Dave, it is always – it's always a pleasure to, to have you on. Enjoy the the, the Caribbean. Hopefully, uh, you'll return a lot sooner than you did the last time you went down, which turned from hopefully, a vacation to half one? a year. How about this one, Dave? How about not? How about I won't be down there for six months? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave, always a pleasure. Enjoy the tournament, all the games, and... Uh, Go Colgate and Georgetown. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me, Dave. That'll do it for this episode of The Double Double. If you like this podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, where you can subscribe, rate, and review. Five stars would be much, much appreciated. You can also follow us on Twitter at DBL underscore DBL podcast. We'll be back next week. Until then, take care and make a great day.